So Rin Sedai tweeted out, Hey, Twitter of time. As a non-binary person, I wonder how Robert Jordan would have woven this into his world if he'd been more aware of people like me. How do you think MB people would fit into or expand the magic system? Allies and genderqueer people alike are welcome to reply, but allies, you best be on your best behavior. Uh, and there will be spoilers, of course. Hashtag queer woat. Hashtag wheel of time. And then some non-binary magic. Speaking of non-binary magic. Yes. Uh, and uh, people gave some interesting interesting answers. So Rin, Rin themselves said maybe MBs alternate between Sidin and Sidar, but I, I hope we would channel the one power in a third distinct way, a dance rather than surrender or wrangling. Uh, and there they're referring to how they um how they conceptualize like opening themselves up to the one power and welcoming it in and uh, there would also be cool implications for things like angrial elemental affinity linking maybe non-binary people expand the max size of a circle for example and i think these are all interesting ideas that i really like and um i think these are ideas that robert jordan if you were writing the series today, would have definitely wanted to play with. Absolutely. I yeah. feel that in my heart. Yeah. Um, I, I think Robert Jordan was, was trying to create a series that was welcoming to LGBTQ plus people. Um, but he was writing at a different time and he himself was like an old white guy and like I think he probably just didn't know any trans or non-binary people (laughs) probably not um but even like his comments yeah he was Episcopalian you know so they're pretty uh accepting of new things and and different you know ways of life um I really think that he would have learned and and been excited about finding um how nb people fit into his world 100 percent. i think you would That's why i love this discussion it doesn't feel like it's against the lore it feels like we are just taking up the work that robert jordan would have done anyway so i i love i love this stuff um and i can't wait to hear what you think yeah um and I just want to go through some other people's answers that I enjoyed before we get to mine. Yeah. Uh, Madeline. And um, I must. Yes, I, I must loved Maddie's response. I must be clear for the viewers. There is bias here because Madeline is my cute little girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, but Madeline said, cute. Mary Lou, why don't you read Madeline's tweets for us? Yes. Um, I loved this response instantly. It like clicked with me. I had hoped we'd see naturally flipped characters as opposed to Halima, who is a um, male character who's put in a female body who still channels the male half of the magic. Um, I'd hope we see naturally flipped channelers as trans people or other cultures with different rules. After all, it's clear no one really understands the power, especially post Age of Legends. It's also clear some aspect usually only comes with teaching. Nynaeve can't see weaves until Moiraine teaches her. 
brands can't feel women channeling. It's one power. It's also made clear that the way that I said I use the power isn't the only way. Men, Perrin, tree singing, the ways, direct pattern manipulation, etc. There's a lot of room for growth. I interpret the strong rendering, sorry, strong gendering of magic as more a reflection of their culture and primitive understanding of the power than a hard rule of the universe. I love that. It's very Butlerian, right? Judith Butler of like culture shaping our understanding of um of this gendered aspect of the one power Sidar Sidin. Um really exciting. I loved that. Loved reading that, Maddie. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a f- I thought it was a really good answer as well. Um and we're gonna have like a an actual fuller discussion of these other powers Maddie mentions, um, men's powers, wolf brothering, tree singing. Uh, and we will we will feed into that conversation at the end of this segment because I do think it's interesting. Absolutely. Because um, those are aspects, those are expressions of the one power, definitely completely separate from Sidar and Sidin. Yeah, so we'll get there. But first, let's stick with just the gender-related questions. Mm-hmm. Um, Car a Carnival said, NB magic channeling is either a unification or negation of the difference between Sidar Siden. And Kara Carnival is just throwing out an option here. Maybe that could be part of the ultimate purpose of the Third Age and the new power source they discover. The wheel starts spinning out queer channelers as its correcting force. Cool. Um, yes. I thought that was interesting. Uh, she goes on to continue. Rand recognizing the balance the Dark One provides leads to a recognition of the balance and spectrum of the one power. And that's why Rand is actually a queer demigod at the end. Don't at me. Um, And hell yeah, Rand is a queer demigod. Uh, Rand is a queer demigod. Why not? Why wouldn't he be? Sure. I would would love to see Rand have some homoerotic uh, undertones thrown in for the show. Instead of three girlfriends, can you get any straighter? No, no. Keep the three girlfriends. In my head canon, Rand is a Rand is a trans woman. So it is very gay actually that he has three girlfriends. But also okay, very uh, fitting. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> He's poly. He's a poly transvian. Uh, <laughs> um love it. Yeah, and then there are a bunch of other answers. I recommend you go to the tweet yourself. Just go to Rin Sadai's account and look it up. But um, let's talk about my answer. And this was just Absolutely. this was just a spitballing. What are you doing? What are you doing, Mary Lou? What's going on? Fatboy's trying to get into the cabinet under my kitchen sink. <sighs> Go rescue Fatboy. Yeah, sorry. Be right back. That's okay. That's my son. That's okay, son. I'm going to snuggle my son as you tell me about your ideas because I love it and I want to hear it. I'm going to tell you about my ideas. My ideas are that uh, and I wasn't the first one to say this, but I like the idea that there is no actual Sidar Sidine binary. Uh-huh. Um, it's not two different kinds of power. Um, the symbol of the ancient Aes Sedai with the flame of Tarvalon and the dragon's fang is simply misguided. Wrong. It's wrong. Um, Sidar, Sidine are actually just two places on a broader one power spectrum. 
And different people are attuned to different kind of magical wavelengths of this spectrum, different wavelengths of the one power that they're able to sort of perceive and manipulate. Um, and while most people are attuned to one one of these poles, Sidar, Sidin, um, there are people who exist at other points on the spectrum or who throughout their life move from point to point or you know, maybe day to day find themselves existing at different points. And uh, I offered that maybe those who exist in the middle, maybe it's different enough that it needed its own name. Maybe it should be called like Seidel or something like that. And um, maybe there are those who exist sort of in a balance between the Sidar Sidine poles who can faintly sense when others are channeling either one, or maybe instead of existing at sort of a midpoint on a linear spectrum, uh, maybe people instead exist sort of over here in like a point equidistant from the two uh, in a triangle. And it is different enough that it's just its own glow. It's its own channeling that's unsensible to the other two. And um, anyone, anyone out there who is familiar with, you know, some of the more advanced uh, thought about gender um, will recognize that. I'm not just making this up whole cloth. No, this is generally what I think about how gender works as well. Um, Three-axis graph. Or more. Or more. Uh, yeah, and Sidar and Sidine just exist at two places on it, and people exist at other places as well. And I think a lot of it is, as Maddie said, like a lot of it is kind of learned, ingrained, conceptual mechanisms that you mm -hmm. use when you commune with the one power that um, affect how you use it. So, um, and this is just going to be me kind of like making up making up how magic works in the one power with trans people and full disclosure. I'm a trans, I am a trans people, so I can do this. Uh, if you're a cis people, you can do this too, I guess, just be respectful. Uh, and as a cis hat normie, I'd love to listen, love to listen. And, um, just as an example of where I've seen some cis hat normies go wrong. Uh Oh, here past, we go. Uh, well, it's not a big deal, but, no, I love like, I love to hear it. Honestly, it makes me like laugh. I I've seen people throw out like when trying to understand the character Halima, who's really interesting. Halima is Arangar, the former Forsaken Balthamel. Um, and oh, this is a spoiler chat, by the way. If you didn't know, um, uh, but Halima is a previously a male channeler named Balthamel who now exists in um, a woman's body, but still continues to channel Sidene, which is like the male power. Um, and that confuses people because like she's able to sneak around the Aes Sedai camp in Salidar and do magic and no one can tell because women can't sense when people channel Sidene in the Wheel of Time universe. But um, I've seen people throw out the explanation that like, oh, well, Halima is... A trans woman. No. And one option I saw for that was like, well, how do we make this work? How do we configure Halima looking like a full-on hot babe? Uh, channeling she is Sidene. described canonically as a smoke show. She's a smoke show. Um, I think the idea that was being pitched was basically like, 
Arangar got reincarnated in the body of a trans woman. Mm-hmm. Um, like she was. Yeah. So uh, that's why the body was still tied to Sidene. I think that's first of all wrong. Like, like I think Halima is canonically in a female body. Um, yeah, I agree with that. But so yeah, um, but I I don't like the idea of of the power being tied to the physical form of the body because I think the no, whole I don't like of, that at all. The whole point of Halima the character is to show that that's not true. That it's um, not tied to the physical body, right? It's tied to the soul, the concept of personhood, right? Mm-hmm. We see people change bodies all the time. Not all the time, but it's there are several instances of people being given new bodies and they remain the same person that they were. And honestly, I think that's a very interesting, uh, you know, uh, stance for Robert Jordan to take, that the soul is not connected to the physical body, um, at least the way it looks, the way it like functions in society. Yeah, I, I, so I think like that's the whole point of Halima, and this was Robert Jordan doing his best from his framework, his limited framework to kind of explore this idea. Um, but the better explanation is just that that like something about Arangar's ability to channel Sidine is tied to Arangar's, um, you could say oh. soul, or you could say just and we don't even know that it's a soul that continues, but could just be because Arangar retains all of their memories and all of their training. And maybe it's just ingrained in them that that's how they associate with sight. In their mind. Oh yeah. I didn't think about it that way, but because they learned Mm -hmm. the one power as Sidin, that's what they can express because that's what they learned. Because Halima's actually really interesting because she's like totally okay with being in a female body eventually. Yeah. She, yeah. She doesn't like it at first. And that's, Honestly, if I had one quibble with the Halima experiment, the Halima storyline, it's that it's like kind of portrayed as like a punishment for Balthamel. Um, That like, uh, or like a hilarious joke, like, haha, Balthamel, you failed. Now, guess what? You have to be in a female body. <laughs> yeah. And or at least maybe it's not portrayed that way. It's been a while since I read that those chapters. But um, I, I think a lot of people see it that way as like a joke or a punishment. But then I think maybe Robert Jordan maybe comments on that as like it's not a punishment because eventually it takes some getting used to for Halima but eventually she's like yeah this body rocks um it's my body um I feel very comfortable in this it doesn't feel like I'm in somebody else's body uh yeah feel good about it um so that's really interesting that even if it's portrayed as a punishment or a joke at first uh eventually it's like not a big deal yeah I agree I mean I think it definitely was meant to be a sort of a punishment um but uh Arangar was able to find uses for that body Arangar was canonically bisexual. Uh, yeah. She was fucking, she she, her pronouns. She seemed comfortable with them. Yeah. Um, she was fucking men and women. And she's, there's a point where she's like, well, you know, I might as well use what I've got. And then she was like, actually, kind of fun though. Um, and I, I think she's just really interesting. I think Arangar is best understood as like a gender neutral character. character. Um, and so they might be an example of someone who, in our in our society, 
might have been able to consider themselves non-binary because uh, they binary were able or gender to fluid. or gender fluid. Um, but we just don't know. Like, there's just not we don't really get enough from her perspective to be able to like say this is your gender identity. Also, right. like it was being written by someone who didn't have a very deep understanding of what that would mean. No, but, probably had never heard the words gender fluid or non-binary. Probably just did not exist as a conception in his mind. Yeah. Um, but but what might a trans character look like in this universe? Uh, obviously, something I think about a lot as a trans person obsessed with this universe who likes mm-hmm. to imagine myself in it. Um, how would it work? And one thing that I want to at least in me, like everyone is free to have their own philosophy of gender and all of that. Um, you can conceptualize all this however you want. I prefer to shy away from anything that reeks of like gender essentialism. Mm. And I think this happens. This is something that like happens with non-binary people as a category. It's like, okay, well you're either now it's like, okay, like a certain subclass of of people have accepted like sure there are three genders there's men women and nbs but if you're going to be an nb you got to act like an nb right don't dress too feminine don't dress too masculine you better rock that androgynous look and like Must. it's like this is what you are and then you got people worrying like well i don't know am i like really an nb or am i really a woman and it's like you're thinking about it wrong mm-hmm. um it, it's not a thing you really are or you really aren't it's yeah more first like of all posture. that that androgynous thing bothers me one because when you think of an androgynous look what are you thinking it's generally pretty masculine like it's like pants and it's no colors and like that's the the conception of androgynous and in the middle is actually really masculine which is not not what androgynous is supposed to mean right like that's our popular conception of androgyny is like a woman in a suit, like a very thin woman in a suit. Like that feels so reductive to me. Yeah. Um, and you kind of see like a lot of, a lot of queer people like to headcanon men as a non-binary character, which mm-hmm. I do as well um, for fun. Like she's the closest we really have. And like Robert Jordan was trying to get it something with her, whatever maybe he was just going for i know mary lou you've expressed skepticism about this and been like no he was just trying to get like this like tomboy uh what'd you call choose not me girl choose me girl pick me a pick me girl yeah um okay i don't know if robert jordan was trying to do this this is simply what i i read from men so it's a mary lou problem and i see i see does that make sense i see men in one way. I don't know if Robert Jordan meant her to be that way. I don't know if Min the character is actually being a pick me girl, but that's what I get from it. And which means I think other people might get it, which means I don't like it. Here's why I don't think that's what's happening here. You're free to interpret this your way, but I think Min is not best understood in modern understandings as a tomboy or as, um, you know, one of those girls who's just trying to get in cool with the boys uh so that they like her or whatever um because she's the only one doing it it like blows people's minds when they first see her and she's wearing pants and she's wearing like a button-down shirt right and like it is i think it's like something that's so far outside of the norms of her society like there are plenty of tom girls tom boys like in our world 
like you're not alone in being like a, a slightly more masculine woman these days. Mm-hmm. But like she was alone. So mm-hmm. that's why I think like, no, this is something that's like a reflection of something very strongly internal and important to her or like, why would she do it? And then when you see her in Tarvalon and she's like having to pretend to be Elmendretta and she's wearing mm-hmm. the dresses and whatever, and she's just like, Ugh, I don't like this. Right. Yeah, like, and we're inside her mind there. And she's just like, I don't like these dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, but then people criticize her for wanting to wear pants, but that are maybe slightly more feminine or that show off her body in ways that she likes. And like, that's where non-binary people get criticized similarly, where it's like, well, now you're acting too feminine. You're not a real non-binary. You're just a woman. And like, like, fuck you. Men can dress however she wants. Uh, yeah. But anyway, men, definitely a she, they in my head canon. Um, I prefer that reading of men than my reading of men as a pick me girl. And like, I truly, I, I, I don't think that men, the character has the motivations of a pick me girl. I just think that she has the same results right? Yeah. Which is just this like super cool girl who's also really fucking hot. Like she's so Well, Min hot. is super cool and really fucking hot. Yes. But it's also, I think it's really interesting that Rand is like one of Rand's three girls. Like the Dragon Reborns, one of his three wives is this like gender non-conforming, non-conforming. more masculine woman. And it's interesting that like Robert Jordan chose to put this character in such a position of prominence and like, and that had it Randall Thor, who is freaking magic Jesus, um, like fall in love with her and accept her and like be open to that. And that's why I think like Cara Carnival's take that like at the end of the books, Randall Thor is a queer demigod. Um, yeah, like Rand has already shown that he's very open to expanding his understanding of gender and gender presentation totally. uh, through men. So yeah. yes. Um, and I think I think to to reiterate your point or to add more evidence to your point, we do kind of see tomboys in the world in the Aiel women, right? Sure. Yeah. That are more masculine, like Avienda. She sits on the ground. She fights with the boys, right? Um, that would be more of what we consider a tomboy. She does tough things, but she's still very much a woman, right? Um, and that I see her as different from men that way, because she's not trying to be anything else, right? She's trying to go against her culture, but just because she doesn't want to be a wise one, right? Because she wants to. Right. Yeah. Avienda is not violating any gender norms in her society. In fact, she is like fully embodying gender assumptions and gender norms in her society Absolutely. while and, still being what we would consider in our right. culture very masculine and the the farther i smile the maidens of the spear our channel is named after um i think are in j- another one of the avenues where robert jordan was trying to say like like the whole the whole book series is an exploration mm-hmm. of gender dynamics i mean um, bane and chiad come on but like sister wives uh, sister wives yeah um <laughs> But the Far Dry Smai are just another avenue for Robert Jordan to critique the idea that like the roles that the different genders play in our society are like entrenched or natural or warranted. Like the maidens of the spear kick ass. They can kick like any wetlander man's ass. And that's important. And that's intentional. Like Robert, that's intentional from Robert Jordan. Like, yeah. um, But what would a trans channeler look like in the wheel of time? In my understanding took me a very long time to get here, but I'm here, baby. I'm mm. here. Mm. Um, 
young trans woman growing up as a boy, you know, mm-hmm. raised as a boy, an AMAB person, and there are trans people of all kinds of experiences, but I'll just use mine. How do I think it would have worked for me? I think part of it would be having like part of accepting yourself as trans, part of transitioning publicly and living your gender. Uh, for a lot of people involves understanding that gender isn't like real gender isn't essential and i would push back against any attempt to do the like classic thing like woman trapped in a man's body like oh like a young a young trans girl would be amab raised as a boy but would feel linked to sidar naturally because like she has a woman's soul that wants to channel sidar her soul channels sidar and i would say no i would say they are trans in the exact same way people in our world are trans for whatever mysterious reason, but it's like a cultural social thing and um, their body. Hey, maybe their body is more naturally attuned to channeling Sidene. Maybe it takes effort to learn how to progress towards Sidar and recognize it. Maybe they have dysphoria over their ability to channel Sidene. Maybe it's just another one of those physical things of the body they're in. Maybe. Um, maybe it is a totally mental learned thing. And maybe, maybe there are young trans girls out there who feel their gender so strongly. And they do have that like natural connection to Sidar, but maybe there are those, maybe there are even people who start as Ashaman who go to the black tower, who always feel like they don't really understand why they fit in or how they fit in. Um, and over time, as they come to learn about themselves and accept themselves as trans women, and it open themselves up to the possibility, maybe that glow of Sidar on the other side starts to become visible to them. And maybe they have to move themselves along that spectrum. Could even be like voice training, which uh, I don't know if you could tell. I'm not trying to do a feminine voice right now. Um, voice training is really hard because once your body already has testosterone vocal cords that stretch out they're permanently stretched and then you have to like try really hard to like speak in any other way and it's like a whole lot of effort i was talking about what trans channelers might look like if i were brandon sanderson and i were going to write book 15 of the wheel of time I wouldn't introduce a dumb, stupid Andral. No, I would introduce some trans channelers, a couple of channelers to keep things spicy. And uh, I think I would have a non-binary channeler Mm -hmm. who channeled Seidel. That was a third thing, separate from Sidar Sidine. There are people like positing the option of like, well, maybe they exist in the middle. Maybe they can channel Sidar and Sidine. Maybe they can see both. For some reason, I really don't like the idea of channeling both. Okay. That, I, that to me, reinforces the binary. I agree. Um, and I like there's this idea of non-binary people as people who are like trapped between feminine and masculine. And but I don't most, see that. Most NBs I know don't feel that way. They, they're they like, no, I'm not like half man, half woman. I'm a third thing. <laughs> I'm just I'm, myself. I'm fully a third thing. That's just yeah. myself. And that's why I think introducing a Seidel, which is just a different aspect of the one power, would yeah. be nice. Um, there are, of course, people who do feel torn between masculinity and femininity. Sure. And I think an option for how to handle that, I think it would be interesting to have a character who channels both. 
who mm-hmm. feels like they exist on like the full male to female spectrum and I'm like that's my experience like is this mm-hmm. whole thing and and there i think the way they would channel is okay here's how i was thinking about it as like a power system a magic system creator if i am fully attuned to like the specific wavelength or set of wavelengths that is side din mm-hmm. or i'm attuned to the specific set of wavelengths that is side dar and i have a certain like capacity of how much energy i can bring into my body Mm-hmm. then I can bring in a ton of very focused energy because it's narrowed. Um, whereas if I am attuned to a wide range that encompasses both Sidar and Sidene, I can hold the same amount of energy, but it's dispersed across that spectrum. Mm-hmm. So I think like I could use both, but the actual threads I produced wouldn't be as strong as someone who used one or the other. But like there would be things I could do that no one else could do because I could channel Sidar and Sidene at the same time. But but my Sidar kind of, wouldn't be as strong as someone who is only attuned to Sidar. It's a, I'm picturing the physics of it being like mm-hmm. like water coming through a faucet, right? Like um if if the water tank is the one power and you're attuned to a very narrow wavelength as like a very thin faucet, like a freaking nozzle, right? Really powerful. Or like a big waterfall that like it would be maybe less intense, less fast, but it's larger, right? Exactly. That's how I was thinking. I was thinking about it in terms of light. But yeah, it's like having a a single wavelength laser shining a bright green light in my mind versus like a wider spectrum, um, brighter, uh, a wider spectrum light that has more colors in it, but isn't as like the amplitude's not as high. Mm-hmm. Um, that was what I was thinking is the exact same metaphor. I was just Love that. continuing the wavelength idea. Um, so I think that would be an option. I think you would have, I would put a trans woman character in there who I think it would be really interesting to have well the trans woman let's say i'll make their experience um this is someone who like is that kind of trans person who really did feel like a woman since they were a kid and like has the spark inborn in them but never got tested because i said i never test boys right or amab people who are raised as boys whether or not they can channel sidar and I think maybe they would have like still felt themselves drawn to that world and been like, something's wrong. But like, that seems right. Like Aes Sedai would have felt like natural to them. So they would have been drawn to it. But I think they would have become a warder. Initially. And like just through their exposure in the tower, through being surrounded by Aes Sedai channeling all the time, through sitting in on lessons, etc. I think they would have like figured it out on their own and learned to channel and um then once they start channeling once it's like that spark is opened in them everyone could see it and then she couldn't hide anymore and then i think like there would be an interesting story of her transition from warder to sister Mm -hmm. uh, in there and my other kind of trans character would be a trans man um who starts out as an ice sedai who goes through the training and i think i would make this character a trans person who doesn't have as like strongly focused a gender experience from a young age, mm-hmm. like my trans woman character did. I would make this character 
someone who has to like learn to accept themselves as trans later in life, um, but goes through most of their life doing what they're expected to because it, what else are they going to do? Right. Um, and I think they also have the spark in them. They can channel the one power natively. Uh, but, you know, they were tested and brought to the one tower and trained and trained in all these ways that I Sedai, that like cis I Sedai channel Sidar, and they had all these mental frameworks built up. And as he came to accept himself as a man, maybe upon seeing meeting some Ashaman going to the Black Tower for the first time and being like, wait, this makes a lot more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's a actually much more natural. This this feels way more natural. Like, man, they probably would have just spent a lot of time being like, wish I could have been an Ashaman. And then like, but you know, but I'm I not can't. one of those I'm not one of those trans men who gets to go be an Ashaman. No, I'm an ice die because I'm cis. I just wish I were a trans man. Uh and then eventually they would accept themselves and they would leave the White Tower and go join the Black Tower and become an Ashaman and relearn everything about channeling. Um, but because because of their training in the White Tower, I think they might retain their ability to channel Sidar if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. They, they could maybe attune themselves to it because they've had those pathways forced upon them throughout their whole life. Um, they could probably still do it if they wanted to. I'd imagine it would cause them significant dysphoria and distress, and they wouldn't want to. Um, and instead would focus all their energy on Sidene. But these are just a couple of options. These are just yeah. some trans trans characters I cooked up in my head, my own uh-huh. personal trans fiction for I the love Wheel of Time. And I have some I have some um ideas as well. I want to I want to pitch them to you. Yeah. So first um first of all, we are talking about trans characters and non-binary characters who can channel we know that only about one in a hundred people can channel in True. in the third age. Um, I first of all, I want to see characters that are trans and non-binary who can't channel, and maybe it's witnessing that right right now in the news we're talking about like a trans epidemic, right? All of the yeah, like for sure. Um, a lot of the media is like, there's a trans epidemic. There's so many trans people now. Where are they coming from? It must be contagious, right? Ooh, no. Rapid onset gender dysphoria. Rapid onset gender dysphoria. Yes, thank you for your turf studies. Um, uh, That's me, master of turf terminology. I mean, you got to know thy enemy. Um, but um, like, I think maybe there was a, maybe a similar thing happens in Rand's land where um, people just become more aware of trans people, of non-binary people, and it becomes a phenomenon, right? So it's not that they never existed. It's just that now it's just like people are talking about it. And so more people are like, oh, this is possible for me. And then of course, then it starts to happen for people who can channel too. I think that would be really interesting. So maybe the you know, cultural shift towards allowing trans and non-binary people just to exist sort of instigates a um, shift in thinking for the white tower and the black tower as maybe this is not so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, and as you've as you've seen, like gender 
has so first of all of course uh trans people are not new Um, no they've been around since the dawn of human society literally human existence pre-society but um there has been a rapid explosion in the visibility of trans people in the last century and specifically in the last couple decades um and i think that is something that would very much be happening in the events of these books like this is these books cover a period of unprecedented social upheaval upheaval and i think you would have you would have this explosion and gender experimentation and different gender performances and acceptances people accepting themselves um especially when the threat of the dark one is no longer at the forefront of everybody's minds, right? I can kind of give them an excuse because it's like, it's the end of the world who's thinking about gender right Well, now. I think it would happen before Tarmengaidon. Like, oh, I think, think that so? period, like the dragon coming and shattering the world, breaking all the ties that bond, you know, I think that would include gender norms uh, for people. Um, right, I or def- if it's the end of the world, I might as well be exactly who I want to be, right? right? exactly. Like, fuck the rules. Yeah, fuck okay, the rules. Okay, I see that. Yeah, that totally um, makes sense to me. But to your point, like 100%, you know the white cloaks would see gender nonconformity as a sign of the shadow. Absolutely. Like, you know there would be these regressive, conservative forces in this world I'm that were very resistant here. to it. Yeah. Um. So I think it would be really... It would have been interesting. Like, it's not the story Robert Jordan told. It is a story for someone else to tell. Um, what but if they it added is, it in the show? That would be sick. That would be cool. Um, I don't know that I trust Rafe to tell no, that story. not at all. So I don't really want them to do it unless no. uh, they're doing it right. <laughs> um, but what if they did? Oh, that would what be if sick. they did? But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um Anyway, I'm really only thinking about what if they did it right? <laughs> that would be did <laughs> it right. Uh, okay, so and then my you... other thought, my other thought okay. would be, um, well, I, I guess what I'm thinking of is like, what would instigate this this cultural shift? Because it would, ha- mm-hmm. it's a big difference, right? In it's a big difference. huge. Like, so what would start it? One, I think you just posited a um, an excellent suggestion, right? That it's Tarman Gaidon is coming. This is the Dragon Reborn is breaking all the ties that bind us. It is the end of the world. There are no stakes anymore. You might as well like not stick to whatever right. the fuck you know. Like who cares? Right. Um, another one would be: What if it happened? So what if this happened after Tarman Gaidon? Um, what if? I'm just thinking about, I guess what I'm thinking about is like new books. What would happen, right? Let's write some new books in this world. Um, yeah. What um, would be the new big bad? It's not the dark one anymore. Well, the other thing that would happen, uh, raise his hand. Hey, um, Will Stink Stink. Will Stink Stink in the chat. Uh, hello. Um, you can uh, tell you us what would happen. Do you have a question, Will Stink Stink? Yes, Will Stink? Will Stink Stink, did you see that there are new emotes? uh okay so we got a real being trans and being accepted is older than not it's only really been since colonization christianity etc that trans was shoved to the outskirts of society it goes back further and we have native american culture fully embraced two spirits it would be awesome if they could show it was something old new again like from the age of legends that's a fantastic point um 
Yes. Yeah, the part of the reason why we don't have as much cultural representation of uh, trans and homosexual and non-binary and gender as a spectrum in in our culture is because they burned that library in, uh, you know, during the Third Reich, um, you know, during the Holocaust. In Nazi yeah, the Germany. Institute for Sexual Wissenschaft. Um, the Institute for Sexual Wissenschaft. That yeah. like had so much representation that is now gone. So we think of it as having never existed when it did. It was there. We just don't well, have it anymore. It's always existed. And yeah, exactly what Little Sixty is saying. It is colonizers. Um, there are plenty, 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 plenty of uh, cultures out there that have multiple gender identities. Absolutely. Um, you know, you've got like the Fa'afine of Pacific Islander culture. You have two-spirit people of uh, North American cultures, you have um, in Vietnam people use in whatever Vietnam, pronouns they Thailand, feel like using in, that day. In Aztec culture, I mean, you had gender variant varieties in most cultures, and you did in European cultures too. Actually, uh, even in medieval times and later, it really is with the rise of like, like a certain flavor of Christianity that started trying to squash it out. Um, it's very recent. It's actually it's incredibly recent. contemporary to be so binary in our assumption so of gender. I think what might happen to answer your question, Mary Lou, about how, okay, what is the trajectory of this gender revolution and future Wheel of Time books post Harmon Gaidon? What happens? And I have an answer for you. You say, what is fueling this? And I say, uh, basically, globalization the collision of cultures because mm -hmm. if the wetlands went through something like maybe after the breaking here's my this is not canon this is my just throwing it out there after the breaking when sidene channelers started going mad and destroying everything and people were scared in the wetlands that might have solidified a binary way of thinking about gender that might mm -hmm. have made gender variants scary and quashed and oppressed and by the time of the books uh 3000 years later cultural gender variance in the wetlands has possibly been largely erased at least in like andor and certain places like that but what about shara what about shara what about shan chan what about the aiel we have all these other cultures that um could have carried forward ancient gender variances that weren't crushed or have developed new ones altogether now being introduced to the Westlands and they would all be interacting and you would have, I mean, look at it already. It's already happening. Look at Chafail. You have Korean noble girls who are rejecting the like expectations of what it means to be a noble woman in Korean of wearing right. dresses and being a party queen gossip and they yeah. start wearing pants. They start learning the sword. They start doing all of these traditionally masculine activities inspired by Fardarais Mai. They see the maidens of the spear and realize there's a different mode of being a woman that they could explore. And we can see some of that as being just like the classic tomboy, but we can also see that as like maybe they weren't all just tomboys. I don't think it was tomboys. I, I don't think it's a tomboy thing. First of all, what even is a tomboy? You know, exactly. Like, it's not a thing. Uh, you have it, people who are labeled tomboys are either like 
more masculine women who are just living authentically or frequently they grew up to be trans men who were living authentically in a different way uh, or they were just exploring themselves or they were hiding from the ridiculous, terrifying pressures that our society puts on femininity and womanhood. Like mm-hmm. tomboy is thrown around as like a der- derisive um, put down and it shouldn't be. Uh, but it's also more culturally acceptable than like a feminine boy, right? Because it's oh, seen as sure. like a phase or well, um, as an adorable party trick for Masculinity girls. is superior to femininity. So yes. a woman shifting towards masculinity is, is making the proper decision. It, it's understandable, of yes. course. Of course. It's adorable. It's adorable that you want to be a man. I understand. Penis envy. Uh, but a boy choosing to shift away from masculinity towards femininity, it's like... <laughs> um, but I think this would just happen. I mean, Chafayil's beginnings of just one inkling of how increased globalization in the world of the Wheel of Time is okay. going to start a gender revolution. Um, I, I only ask because I know, I remember you telling me when I first finished the last book... I, I was like, oh my God, Shara. I want so much Shara in my life. Like, what the fuck? Last book, they come out of nowhere and it's this incredibly detailed, amazing oh, yeah. society with like, that's fucked up and weird. Fucked up. But like, there's stuff there. I wanted that. And then you told me that Robert Jordan was planning on writing another series with Shara, right? Shara about... The Matt, there was Matt and Tuan, well, and then no, there no, was- that yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the Matt Tuan and Shan Chan series, and then there was also potentially going to be some adventures in Shara. Um, oh, and I wanted it so bad, and I still do. I still want an Adventures in Shara series. So I, like, somebody take it up, please. I want an Adventures in Shara where like gender is the main event. Like that's what we're talking about. I don't want. I, I don't want anyone to write the Shara books. I trust I Harriet and Brandon when they say, look, we've read all the notes. We would love to write this book, but it's just there's not enough there to do it and do it justice and do it how Robert Jordan would have wanted. Right. Mm. But what I do hope they do someday is just publish his notes. <sighs> just raw. Just throw them out into the world. That I think would be incredible. Um. It's a, it's incredibly selfish, but I want it. I want a Shara series. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel it. Um, and who knows what what gender variance is lurking in Shara that has yet to be explored. Um, but yeah. So that is sort of our long our long thoughts on long, some, long, long. some genders in the Wheel of Time world and how they might manifest and how they might interact with the One Power. But I want to return to what Maddie said. Ooh, Lil um, Stink Oh, stink. wait, wait. I want to stop and give Lil Stink Stink a chance. I'm sorry if this was already mentioned, but it will be super interesting to see if the male spectrum of magic being no longer so stigmatized by the taint, that being something uh, something that weakens the death grip on gender roles. I feel like the fear of a man being able to learn to channel would have pushed the majority of defined gender roles. And I think that's Definitely. 100% correct. Definitely. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm imagining. I, I don't know if you were here when we, I was like going through my headcanon trannelers I made up, but one was a trans man who uh, 
lived most of his life as a woman and even went through White Tower training and became an Aes Sedai. And I think that would have been a force that would have been a huge impact on him. Let's say his story takes place during the events of the books. And um, for sure, like fear of Sidene would keep him from even trying to touch it would be a reason to say like, uh, no, I'm not a man. I'm not a man. These thoughts in my head about like masculinity being appealing or feeling more natural or like that's ridiculous because Sidene is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's a fantastic point. Listing sting. Um, that's another thing you'd see breaking down all of a sudden Browns and other knowledge interested sisters or sisters who are interested in just gaining more strength would probably be interested in exploring to see like, well, can we reach into Sidene? Can we do it now that it's safe? Um, who knows? But I do want to move on. Um, Love that. This has been awesome. I've always been dying to talk about this, um, especially on Maidens of the Spear, right? Um, yeah. So I'm so glad that we finally got to have a a first discussion of it. I'm sure not the last um, because gender is such an important part of, um, the wheel of time, right? Yeah. So it's not like we are, it's not like we're picking at things that aren't there, right? Literally the whole series is, is wrapped around gender and gender expression and gender as how it affects society and culture. So it's not like we're picking at things that aren't there. Um, it's very exciting. Yeah. I love it. Um, But I want to turn our attention now to back to Maddie's tweet. Uh, And let me let me share this screen again. Um, And specifically Maddie's point that, look, Rand can feel women channeling. It is one power. Mm -hmm. And it's also made clear the way the Aes Sedai use the power isn't the only way. Um, Not only are there Aiel and Seafolk and Sharans and Demane channeling the one power in different ways um, than the Aes Sedai do. Uh, you also have characters like Min, Perrin, tree singing from the Ogier and the Age of Legends Aiel. You have the Ways. You have Rand and his direct pattern manipulation at the end of the series. There's lots of room for growth. And from Maddie, I interpret the strong rendering of magic as more a reflection of the culture and the primitive understanding of this power that is a hard rule of the universe. And I strong think that's... gendering of magic. She oh, mean. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. She does replace that as a strong gendering of magic and as more of a reflection of the culture and a primitive understanding of the power. And I think that is 1000% true. Totally. Um, so one point she makes is that, you know, Rand can sense other women channeling. And that makes sense to me as the Dragon Reborn. He has a wider window of power. All men can sense it, though. Huh? All men can sense when women are channeling. Oh, right. But it shows that, like, no. But that, that I, I see that as, like, the cultural... Um, you know, you are a woman and that's why you can channel, you cannot be a man because if, or because if you sensed Sidene, you'd go insane, right? At being yeah. opposed to it at all. Yeah. Like what, what I Sedai would admit that they could sense Sidene being channeled and right. also. They probably deny it so much that it became true. There also just hadn't been men channeling. Right. Like They're not used I to think, it. I think we will find now with the rise of the black tower and women being around men who can channel 
maybe they will be able to sense it. Right. Um, with enough exposure. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's and then the second that... thing that um, Maddie points out that I really like is that there are people who have expressions of the one power that do not channel, right? right. They are not channelers. So that is a completely different, like, um, we were talking about the physics earlier, right? As I was thinking of as like faucets and you were thinking of like light spectrums, um, like lenses, but these are people that are a more like a, a lightning rod, maybe, um, rather than a channeler. They do not focus the one power. They simply experience it or um, use it in a completely different yeah. way. If if the one power, I mean, what it is in the cosmology of the universe in the Wheel of Time, there's not a ton. What you have is the pattern mm -hmm. that is like all the threads of life and things like that. You have like probably have matter it's not explicit and then you have the one power which is the the force the energy that is driving forward the turning of the wheel of time and um like robert jordan robert jordan was an engineer he was a science boy he knew about science and physics but i imagine if the one power is just energy like in our universe there is energy in the universe and it can manifest in different ways energy can be electricity it can be heat it can heat. be light it can be radiation it can be you know it can be kinetic energy potential energy whatever like it's still energy yeah but if you are someone who has you know you make circuits and you're trained in making circuits and you can manipulate electricity to do incredible things, which, I mean, we're talking to each other on computers right now. You're in a different city than I am. And we can do that. We can manipulate energy to do wonderful things. And I imagine Aes Sedai and Ashaman as sort of like people who manipulate circuits to manipulate electricity. Totally. Whereas men might be someone who manifests uh, the same energy as flame, parent, might be someone who manifests this same energy as light. Like there are ways that energy manifests they are entirely separate. And someone who learns how to make circuits to manipulate electricity and its travel to achieve various desired effects, well, they won't have any idea how fire works. They won't have any idea how emitting light works in different ways. It's just fundamentally different, mm -hmm. even though the energy is still just energy. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's happening here. And because people in the world, I said, I are always saying like about men and about pair and like, well, it's not a thing of the one power. It's not a thing of the one power. Uh, they're Doubt wrong. A hundred percent. They're wrong. What else yeah. could it possibly be? There aren't that There's many nothing else options. In this world. <laughs> um, obviously it's else. the one power. Yeah. It's just classic. I said, I arrogance that like yeah. the way we interact with the one power is the true, the one power. Right, because like, the one power has two halves, right? Be it has the flame of Tarvalon and it has the dragon's fang. So if it's not one of those two, then it's not it. It's not and it. I just, we just no longer accept that.